Hello and welcome back to another episode of And The Winner Is. As always, I'm your host, P-Dubs, and joining me, as always, is Tony. Hello. All right, buddy. All right. Back for another back for another round of Oscar winners. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so this time we are looking at the 2010 winner, The Hurt Locker. Um, as always, we'll look at a few um little facts and figures to start with. Um, so I'll start off, I'll kick us off with the, the box office, as we always do. It was a budget of fifteen million dollars. Do you want to take a take a stab? I don't think it did a lot because this is the it was up against Avatar. I think I think it did about eighty mil. It only did forty nine point two five nine oh, million. Less. Wow! Yeah, um, yeah. it took a gross in the US. It only just made its budget back in the US. It yeah. took seventeen million in the US, um, and then took another thirty two worldwide. Um, mm. So yeah, very very small. Um, before I forget, we'll go through the other nominees. As you just mentioned, Avatar was in there. Yeah. Um, the Blind Side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> District 9. Oh, An yeah. Education. Inglorious Bastards. Uh, Precious. A Serious Man. Up and Up in the Air. It's very rare you get two films with the same same the word in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, very strange. And and the, the last... Animated film to be nominated um, for right? Best Picture was up. Wow. Um, Toy Story 3 and what was the other one I saw? Because I saw this just the other day. Beauty and the Beast. Oh, the other three yeah. that have been, been nominated for Best Picture. Um, so going back to our facts and figures, let's have a look at some of the, um, the little FAQs uh, trivia um from filming uh so it was filmed in the country of jordan um wow. access was denied for a week of filming at a u.s military base in kuwait um Catherine bigelow the director um claimed that nothing that was filmed was cut um oh. so there's no there may have been little snippets out of each scene that were cut but there was no entire scenes that were wow. cut out, cut out of the film that she she filmed. Um, so it was actually James Cameron that convinced Catherine Bigelow to direct it. Obviously, ex husband and wife. Uh, she went on to beat him to, to the best picture. Um, <laughs> so interesting there. Um, I'm not going to dive into the um, the little bits of some of the real world stuff that that they used. Um, but during filming, three, four or more handheld super 16 millimeter cameras were used to film scenes in a documentary style. And we'll, we'll touch on that once we get into it. Yeah. Um, uh, James Cameron actually said he thinks this could be the, uh, the platoon for the Iraq war. Um, interestingly, another film that um, may come up very shortly. Um so, um, apparently, Catherine Bigelow cast the leads, Jeremy Renner, Anthony Mackie, and Brian Geraghty, due to her vivid memory of their superb, superb performances in Dharma, Half Nelson, and Jarhead, respectively. Ah. Um, 
and pre-Marvel, of course, this, I think. They, so. Yep. Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, and the last one I'm going to chuck out there after what we've just talked about. As of 2010, the lowest grossing Best Picture Oscar winner adjusted for inflation with a box office tape of $14 million. As I said, that was the US box office, um, mm. was roughly that. Um, so let's let's dive into it. Um, right from the word go, as we just talked about the, the cameras, it does have a really real-life feel to this film. Yeah, I've uh, written down fast, dizzy camera style opening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's throughout the whole film, isn't it? There's yeah. a pretty much every time, and and it's a continuous thing because honestly, this is a film that's kind of built with within three or four different scenes that are very similar. Mm. Um, and there's there's very little kind of in between those scenes. It kind of it'll have a flashpoint in between those scenes and then it'll move on to, to the next kind of bomb disposal moment yeah. Um, yeah. throughout this. Uh, and another an, another thing that we've just brought up, kind of the, the casting of this film, and obviously, as we said, two of them have now become leading men in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we also and we have an MCU villain pop up in the opening sequence. Yeah, yeah, we we do. Um, but Mackie seems a really strange choice, knowing what he is as a as a person, very very jovial, mm. um, a big joker, and, and kind of for me, he was kind of known at this point from Eight Mile. And and that kind of stere- does stereotype somebody, and he has broken out of that. That sort mm. of film is very stereotypical in, in yeah. some ways. Um, I, and at this point in his career, it, it's a very left-field choice, I think. Yeah. Um, putting him in a comic book movie is certainly not left-field because... Lots of, of people get picked up in from different places, but something that's as serious as this, yeah, um, is very strange for, well, for someone that didn't have much. We've, we've had him on this podcast mentioned, isn't it? Yeah, because uh, he pops up in um, uh, the boxing film, Clint's boxing film, um, yeah, um, Million Dollar Baby, Dollar Baby, yeah, which is again a more he's the comedic relief, yeah. Yeah. In that film, um, yeah, whereas this, he certainly isn't, mm. um, and there's no comedic relief at all in this film. Let, no. Let's put it out there. So, this is a depressing film it's in every way, it. shape, and form. No, it really isn't. Um, uh, and then it it all kicks off kind of really laid back, mm. like you think, "What is this? Isn't what I was expecting?" And then, obviously, that opening scene where eventually it all goes to hell and they lose their commanding officer and then it turns into the film that you expect and from then on it doesn't let up yeah because we go from that from that explosion that death to um to listening to rock music basically yeah but even from that first appearance of of Renner's character there's something off about him Mm. right from the word go and and all this film does is is make it worse as yeah, it goes yeah, on. 
he's too loose, isn't he? Really, as, as a as a person. Yeah. Going through that. Yeah, you can you can tell that he's kind of already got a death wish. Yeah. Before he even gets there. Yeah. Um, that he's already already struggling. Um. And and then it, it just. Oh, and and the other we talk about cameos. Um, Dexter's brother was was a shocker as the uh, the priest that's working with him, um, which surprised me. Um, I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. that. Um, not he's not obviously he's not a big star, and it was kind of like oh, it's Dexter's brother. Um, and then um, the, the the little kid becomes kind of the bane of their life, doesn't he? Throughout the <laughs> film, at the, at the start, he would have got a right good smack <laughs> if he'd have been running around annoying me as a as a soldier. Um, and eventually, it, it kind of spirals, doesn't it, with him later on? Um, He's part of it because the one I did know about the film. It's very much. We've had this before. One of these ones, very much a set of little set piece sequences. Yeah. Um, we've got that countdown in the background, which is the overlaying theme, which I thought was quite a nice little touch. Yeah. Show the rotation countdown. But, but like, because we have yes, we have the, the kid, and we we have the bit with the taxi driver. That's quite tense. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Okay. There's, and that's what that's what I was talking about at the start because it, it, we've got those big set pieces with the bomb bomb disposal. <laughs> And then there'll be, as you say, these smaller set pieces, but that will be all it is. It goes yeah. from the big one to the little one to a big one and, and yeah. so forth. There's there's kind of no no let up. You have that one scene and then you're moving on to something that's so highly pressured again. Mm. It, mm. it doesn't let up throughout the, the film. Um, yeah. And you, you, the other thing kind of, the, it happens quite quickly and I suppose it bode well for the MCU that there's there's some great chemistry between Renner and Mackie in yeah. this, um, and obviously it, it's a very different chemistry because there's a, a real unease between the two of them. Mm, mm. Um, but it's even so, on-screen chemistry is great, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah spar quite a bit then as well, and there's sort of yeah that that actually gets wider as the film goes on as, as Mackie character realizes what a what a bit of a loose cannon he is. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And that's kind of where I've um where I'm going. And it does at times it does feel like it's repeating itself. Cause some mm. of the scenes ver- seem very similar. It's kind of they're yeah. going into it, he's a loose cannon, he's gonna do and, and there's at least two scenes in the middle of the film where he repeats the same mistake. Mm. Where he mm. goes off by himself and, and shuts his mic off. And yeah. and things like that, and it's like they're not learning from what he's doing. That they need to keep a tighter rein on him. Yeah, and then yeah, that and the ambush bit in the middle of the film as well, doesn't there? And sort of the, yeah, where they go goes yeah. off sort of script and sort of right yeah. And, and sorry, I I got myself all confused. I meant the doctor being played by Dexter's brother. Yes, yeah, I not mean, the priest. Yeah, <laughs> me getting that, myself confused. That, that's quite a brutal moment in the film. The first time he goes out with them, yeah, yeah, ends up corking it. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was a big surprise because I thought at that point he was going to play a bigger part in it, like he was going to last a bit longer. 
Mm. Um, and he doesn't. And it kind of, it's one of those triggers, isn't it, that sends him spiraling even more. Yeah, and, and, and the lad that was seeing him, wasn't it? Um, I can't remember the character's name that, that, that was having the sessions with him. Yeah. Um, and that just sort of makes his guilt worse, the fact that he went out with them. Yeah. Troll. Yeah, definitely. I had no idea dear, um, Fines was in it. That was a surprise when he appeared on screen. Mm. I was like, oh, what's he doing in this? Had no idea. Obviously, I knew it was Renner. Obviously, Renner had been nominated for the Oscar as best actor for this, um, but I had no idea um, Ray Fiennes was in it. So that was a, no. a nice surprise. Again, another right. another person that we've already dealt with on this this show. Yeah. It was an um, interesting cameo that was actually. That was yeah, cool. yeah, really, really enjoyed. It. I'm not normally a massive fan, as I pointed out when we when we talked about the English patient. Um, but, but this was very much the other end of the spectrum to a lot of the stuff we've seen him do, isn't it? it was... Yeah. Yeah. And, and this was kind of that period, wasn't it? Because obviously he was he was playing Voldemort at the time yeah. as well. Um, he kind of stepped out of that box of what we'd expected from him. And Bond was just around the corner, wasn't it, as well, I think? So. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, <coughs> uh, and then, then, as I say, we start to get to learn about the characters because um, to start with, it, it is a lot of here they are, this is what they are, but not kind of who they are. Um, yeah. And so we get that that scene when they have the punch up in the lodgings. Um, that mm. kind of just kind of seems to stem from like a jokey thing before yeah. they start knocking. Knocking ten bells out of each other. Yeah, then it then it gets a little bit serious, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, and we learn that. then. Um. So yeah, I I like that, and both the lead actors, as I say, Renner and Mackie, are really intense in this. Um, mm. and I'm not surprised that Renner got nominated for for best actor. Um, as I say, it does feel very real life, and. Uh, and yeah. the academy like that. We know that we've talked talked about it before. Um, yeah. So then it just it slowly descends, doesn't it, for for Renner's character? Yeah, um, yeah. He's getting worse and worse, and you can you can yeah. But of course, the rotation is counting down then to his time to go home. Um, yeah. And you're thinking, oh, that's good. This is going to be a chance for him to sort of get some R and R and sort of get. Yeah, together again. Yeah, um, and we'll talk talk about where that goes in a, in a minute. Um, mm. And as I said earlier, he, he was on a knife edge right from the word go. Um, yeah. But by the the last quarter of the film, he's he's fallen off that knife um, yeah. a long way. Um, that, that spiral just goes rapid from from the moment they go off. Yeah, from that ambush and sort of try to go through the streets and think, oh, this is not going to end well. Yeah, three of patrol wander around the bloody streets yeah uh, and just uh, there's certain things that even though it probably wasn't something that they should have been worried about at times and, and things like that and that they they were that far over the edge that just yeah. that the smallest things are, are going to trigger them and, and then yeah. it also caused them to miss things yeah and there's so many little bits just eat away at him like where he thinks that Beckham was the, the kid where they shoved a bomb in his yeah. belly. And yeah. It turns out he wasn't, wasn't it? He, he just pop up again. Yeah. Uh, 
and you can just see it's just all eating away at him slowly. That it's, well, not so much slowly actually. Just every every other scene is sort of just hammering away at him. And yeah. conversely, Mac's character it's eating away at him, but in a different way that that he sort of once his rotation comes to an end, that's it. Yeah, um, that he he was ready to move on it. And I suppose we we should talk about it now. Is that the the, the ending of the film? It, it it's really heartbreaking because you think, oh, he's back with his family. Yeah, he's, he's going to settle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was exactly what I wrote. I was absolutely gobsmacked that she was an ex. I had no idea. Um, Evangeline Lilly from Lost and Ant Man. Um, yeah making an appearance there and and, and to think it, the the PTSD to send him back is triggered by choosing a box of cereal. Yeah, I've written down cereal, lots of cereal, yeah. And he just cannot cope with all, all that choice, basically. No, because he's been so used to having so little Yeah, and, and no real choice as to what he's doing. Um, and, that, and then that scene when, when, the, when, the, when they're asleep and, he sort of, and, and you think, oh, no. Yeah, and he talks about only loving one thing, or you stop loving things. Yeah, and, and there's this suggestion right there that that he doesn't love them in the same way as his job anymore. Yeah, like the the job has kind of taken everything he ever had. Um, mm. and then to, to end it with that scene of him walking back. Yeah, with the countdown yeah. again for another another for a year as well this time. Yeah. Yeah, and it's such a downbeat ending, really, in that respect. Yeah, that he doesn't get any sort of any closure, really. Yeah, and we don't yeah. get any closure as an audience, really, as well. No, and and I think that's the way it it's meant to make you feel because kind of yeah. the last third of the film, it feels very disjointed. But I think that's meant to replicate what they're feeling. Hmm. Mm. There's a lot of quick shots of people. It's kind of flicking between cameras and and things like that to give you that disorientated feeling that they're yeah. feeling. Yeah. Um, and I think that that kind of sells it. And I honestly, I don't know really what to say about this film, about kind of a, a wrap up in terms of of that, but. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up before we um we close the episode off with our final thoughts? Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting one because I never got around to watching it in all these years. I missed it at the cinema. Um, and, and then bizarrely, the week uh, the weekend I planned to watch it, anyone dig out the DVD, it pops up on BBC, so I just watched it on there. Yeah, um, and it was on iPlay. It's on iPlayer at the minute as well, so that was handy. Um, right, so I didn't quite know what to do. I, the, the cameos were quite interesting, like, I didn't know half of them were in it. So, um, the, the documentary style shooting is always a difficult one. I'm not a big fan of it. I kind of like my shots a bit cleaner, I must admit. Yeah, <laughs> but I can it, see what you went with it for this. Yeah, it, it's that thing that we brought up before, isn't it? It's entertainment versus. Getting a message across, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. when it comes to films like this, and obviously she went with the the, the message route rather than the entertainment it route. Makes the, the 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 
action and the, the narrative more in your face. Yeah. Doing it this way. Um, I so say I like I like all those cam the, the cameos that do pop up. They're going into it with with sort of not a lot of knowledge. It was quite nice to see those, and those were a surprise. Um, is Brenner's got a, it's a really good turn from Brenner because I think he's he's been given a bit of a disservice as an actor by the MCU, and and the bloke has done a quite a bit of different stuff over the years. Yeah, um, of course we know him going right back to the days of Angel. Yeah, we we were there right at the beginning of his his acting career. Um, some people were there at the start of his convention career. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because he he did actually do a convention over here way back in in the in the in the OOs. He did, yeah. Kind of off his if off his one appearance in Angel, though yeah. it is a memorable appearance, and that's it's a it's a very memorable episode. Yeah, yeah, he's really good in it actually. Um. And so there's that sort of markings of that edgy sort of character he's played a little bit over the years, right there and then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, something like say his nomination was valid. Um, in terms of the film itself, and and I was as shocked as anybody when it won it, um, because when it was up against Avatar, Avatar was this big steam train of a of a movie that had done shit loads of money, uh, billion dollar movie, revolutionising VFX. Um, and then this this small war film that kind of a lot of people hadn't even heard of, yeah, just takes the big prize on the night. And I think it was a real surprise. I think probably it wasn't to, to insiders, but I think to the rest of us, it was a real surprise when it was up against that behemoth of Avatar. Yeah. Um. Um. So I, I disdain is the wrong word. I still. To me, in terms of just the spectacle, I think Avatar probably should have won it. But I can see why the the Academy went with this. Um, it, they they like those small personal stories. Um, it, it's well crafted. Um, and it, it was in a, it was a good year as well. There was um, that selection we said that, that it was not I mean, eighty four. It was like Precious. I mean, I think the lead actress in that won an Oscar for Memory Serves as well that yep. year. Yeah, uh, man. Really, it was a really interesting year for me. It was um, it was a year where I didn't really go to the cinema. Obviously, I I knew you then. Um, yeah, I moved. Um, I'd moved cities, like yeah. the beginning of that year. So, like two months before this year started. Well, yeah, the year of these these films would have been two thousand and nine. Yeah. And I'd moved at the end of 2008. So cinema kind of was off the radar for that year. So and out of all of those, I, I definitely only seen up around that time. Avatar took me a while to see just because, look, I'll put this out there. I'm a bit of a stickler. I hate people telling me that I need to watch something. <laughs> and the amount of crap that was said about Avatar going, oh, this is the, the best thing. All this money's been taken. You need to see it. I avoided it for about three years <laughs> and didn't see it. And I watched it on a plane. I think I watched it on a plane on my honeymoon in 2010. <laughs> um, So I didn't see it. But yeah. up until this, they were the only two films I'd seen from that year. Yeah, because um, that's just all the blind side, actually. Yeah. So yeah, um, it was a strange year for me. Um, in terms of my my wrap up, 
we we've talked about this before. These these more in your face, real life type films, I struggle with. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um, I thought this was very well done. Um, yeah, it, as it, I say, I like the two lead actors as well. Obviously, yeah. us being fans of the MCU, we're going to be fans of those two actors. Yeah. Um, it's just that. It's not entertainment. No, it's just, it's, it's, it's like, not entertaining. Watch, I'd agree with that. No, um, I don't. I don't want to go to the cinema and feel like I'm going to have a heart attack every thirty minutes <laughs> because of that. It's like, and even knowing those two actors, it still feels dangerous because yeah. of how it's made. It's 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 not entertaining in any way, shape, or form. Saying that, I think this was a very well put together film. Yeah. Um, it definitely belonged to be up there. I don't again, I don't know whether it should have won, because I can't say about the other films. Um mm. I'm not a massive fan of Avatar still. Um I haven't seen the second one yet. Um not because of those reasons. I just I wasn't a a massive fan of it. Saying that I am a massive up fan, our household love. Loves up, always always has done. So I probably would have gone with that that year. Um, well, that's the George Clooney film, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know. I I would still give it a decent score. I think I'd still probably yeah. give it about an eighty eighty one. Well, uh, yeah, just so I, because yeah, it's I well put go, together. I was going to go something similar, probably slightly lower, maybe seventy eight, seventy nine. Yeah. It, it's it, it's well crafted. Certainly, it looks great. Um, there's some good performance in it, but it's it's not one that I'd rush back to watch a second time. I feel like I, I've got enough out of one watch of it. I wouldn't want to yeah. watch it a second time. I don't think. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree with that. Uh, so that wraps up our thoughts on the Hurt Locker from two, the 2010 Oscar ceremony. Um, that brings us to the end. Uh, the next episode, Tony will be leading, which will be our thoughts on the latest winner of Best Picture from 2023. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, or as I, I just wrote down the initials when I did my notes. I didn't write, write the whole name out. Um, but yeah, that will be our next episode. So thank you, Tony, for joining me. Problem. And thank you, listeners, as always, for taking part in our podcast. We will see you on the next one.